this time on episode 390 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we're going to discuss what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands. That's from Disney Plus Marvel series What If, season one, episode four. We're also going to discuss Marvel notes on Ed Asner's passing, Kevin Feige's Avengers team thoughts, and upcoming Marvel Disney Plus series teases, as well as your feedback. I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnerGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a S.H.I.E.L.D. debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm producer of the show, Director SP. I'm consultant Chris. Uh, I'm Rob. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Thursday, September 2nd, 2021, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast astroplane-wide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is indeed a fan-based podcast on Marvel, cinematic, and comic book universes. If you'd like to talk to us about anything Marvel-related, you can catch us on our website, legendsofshield.com. You can contact us on our voicemail, 844-843-2871 or 844-THE-BUS-1, R.I.P. The Bus from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We also have a Facebook page, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. On Twitter, you can find us at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash geek. And we are available on your Amazon device. We do have a Discord server, gunnageek.com slash Discord. You can join all the great conversation and spoiler conversation once you watch the episode or movie. And Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. Rob, I think I need to start with you. I think this is your first time on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? It is. I'm a Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. virgin. Is that... Yeah, we sacrifice virgins all the time on this show, so that's good. Yeah. And you have your very own comic book podcast. Sort of comic book, superhero podcast. So I'm a member, or I'm the host of SATIC, which is uh, Smoking and Drinking in Capes, over on the uh, Creative Brain Candy Network. You guys have probably seen my co-host, Jason. He's been on here numerous times. And uh, he's the co-host of Static with me. We talk about superhero movies. Basically, we're a couple guys who think who wish they had powers. Also, I'm a co-host for Sadis, smoking and drinking in space, which is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who wish they or think they know sci-fi. I'm getting those two confused. Apparently, and anagrams of each other too. Uh, they are. Yeah, they're we're if not, but not original. One of the things that I miss from smoking and drinking in capes, by the way, is when you first started the show, mm-hmm. you had this whole question about which superpower that is shown in the TV show or the movie right. that you wish you would have. And you haven't done that lately. Yeah, we've been doing it off and on. Right now, we're, we're doing Marvel, Marvel's um, 
WandaVision. So we, we went back and uh, reviewed all those episodes, and uh, it got pretty obvious that everybody wanted to be Wanda. Go figure. That's okay. the kind of show that we are. So I think it's important to note that this is a not suitable for work podcast. Yes, most of the time. Yeah, okay. uh, we we try to keep it slightly PG thirteen, but yeah, most of the time it slips there into the rated R type mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, just fair warning to the Legends of Shield viewers and listeners. Now, Chris, we've talked to you various different times over the last what is it like five times now? It's it's got to be something five. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because four episodes here plus Modoc, right? So you have your own podcast on the Guinea Geek Network. I do. I still have Play Comics, where on regular episodes, I'm grabbing a guest, and we're looking at a video game based on a comic property and how well that game represents the source material. And way more than I ever thought I would be doing, I have bonus episodes where I'm talking to creators about their cool stuff, which, depending on who the guest is, is more or some of them are more not safe for work than others. But it's good information to have, and I appreciate that. And you can find your stuff, Chris, at playcomics.com. It's very hard, I know. And Rob? Smoking and drinking in capes.com or creative brandy, creative brain candy.com. Not creative brandy. Not creative brandy. That's a whole different show. Okay. Well, we'll leave that to the people that actually want to Google it later. In the meantime, we have a, I don't know if I can say fun, but good episode of what if to discuss so you guys ready to get to it let's do it we are discussing season one episode six of what if what if dr strange lost his heart instead of his hands it premiered on disney plus yesterday which was wednesday september 1st 2021 the imdb description reads A grief-stricken Doctor Strange uses the eye of Agamotto in a dangerous effort to change the past. It was directed by Brian Andrews, who has directed the three previous episodes of What If? The head writer was the showrunner and creator of this series, A.C. Bradley. She actually is featured in one of the news stories later on in this episode. And the story editor, not writer, but story editor for this episode is Matthew Chauncey. We've gone over their IMDb cred in the previous three episodes. So we're going to skip over that this episode. We are going to talk about the voiceover cast as we have been doing in the last three episodes. The first one is Jeffrey Wright. You may know him from Westworld, The Hunger Games, Casino Royale, and Quantum of Solace. Now, Chris, we've been talking about The Watcher in the previous three episodes. No spoilers yet, but were you happy with what you saw in this episode? This is what I was expecting to see in all the other episodes. So, yeah, this one really makes me happy. Okay, Rob, what did you think of the Watcher's performance in this episode? I thought it was good. I haven't seen the other three yet. Wow. So you jumped in cold onto I this one. I jumped in cold. Look, you contacted me, said, hey, can I do it? And then you suckered me in by saying that time travel was involved. Mm-hmm. And if, if for anybody that watch or listens to my show or even Satis, I am a sucker for time travel. So, yeah, I said, sure. Okay. I came home, watched it and confused the crap out of my kids by going, you're watching this without me. It's like, I have to, and I haven't watched any oh, others. Chill. 
we'll watch them together. Sorry about that. Yeah. But you'll have plenty of fun with the others, especially the first one. I think your kids will like the first one. Captain uh, Carter. Marvel. Captain Carter. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the next one that we'll talk about here is Benedict Cumberbatch. You may know him from his portrayals of Stephen Hawking. He was also Sherlock over on the BBC. He was also in a little movie called Warhorse. And he also was in three movies that started with the words The Hobbit. Now, I wanted to take a little aside here and talk about The Hobbit because we don't really talk about Lord of the Rings that much on this podcast. But I have to vent a little bit. They took a teensy, teensy little book. And they expanded it out into three or four three. movies. Yeah. I mean, wow. I wouldn't yeah. call it a teensy book, but there's definitely way too much movie for the books that exist. Compared to the other book or the other books, you know, the Lord of the Rings portion. Yeah, it's a teensy book, but yeah, I don't think it deserved three, mo- three or four movies, whatever it got. In fact, I haven't even watched them. I watched them, and I'm not going to say they're bad movies, because I I did think they were good movies and I enjoyed them. Because I'm old and they went on for a very long period of time for the story that they had, I ended up falling asleep in all three of them. Oh, I figured either that or you had to go pee too many times. Well, uh, you know, I would just keep it moving and then go pee and then come back and decide that I haven't missed much of anything. But yeah, they were good. It's just long. Okay. You also might know Benedict Cumberbatch from the Star Trek Into Darkness. That was that whole now you see me, now you don't thing that J.J. Abrams was doing. We'll just leave that one alone. He was in Zoolander 2 in 1911. So I recognize Benedict Cumberbatch from all this. He's brand new to Marvel, right, Rob? Super, super brand new. I'm interested to see where his career goes if he, if he continues on in Marvel. Okay, yeah. So, Chris, I know that we've gone over the cast in the previous three episodes, and I'm just guessing you haven't seen any of these movies. Actually, no. I I saw him in Sherlock. I heard him in The Hobbit. And I'm completely blanking on Zoolander 2 and where he is in there, but I know I've seen it. Yeah, he started getting kind of big into Hollywood, and then he kind of slowed down because, of course, he is part of Marvel. He is Doctor Strange, which... Was a big part of Endgame, actually, and probably a big part of the Avengers moving on. Also, we had this wonderful actor named Rachel Adams in this episode voicing Christine Palmer. She played in Mean Girls, The Notebook, Wedding Crashers, The Time Traveler's Wife. So I'm just thinking that you're a big Rachel McAdams fan based off of that, Rob. Well, actually, I've never seen The Time Traveler's Wife, but... um when I need a good cry, I pop out the notebook. Notebook, yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely a big cry there. Also, she's crossing the streams a little bit because she was in Sherlock Holmes and Sherlock Holmes of Game of Shadows. Not a cross from Benedict Cumberbatch, though. That was the Robert Downey Sherlock, wasn't it? Yep, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Sherlock. Yeah, so a lot of crossing the streams there. Rachel Adams. Also, fun fact with her, the notebook was partly filmed in Charleston, where I live. And where when they were in front of the nice, colorful theater, that is a touristy part of downtown that you can legitimately stand in the middle of the road because there's always people standing in the middle of the road so you won't get run over. Good to know. Do they have it like cordoned off or something? Or No, there's just always people walking around down there and nobody can get going fast enough to hurt you. So even if they hit you, it doesn't matter. Okay. Good to know. You can hit people and it'd be okay. I guess. Right. All right. 
All right. We also had Benedict Wong in this episode. He was in such movies as Kick-Ass 2, one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie, called The Martian. The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, Gemini Man, which I have not seen yet. The Lady and the Tramp, 2019 version, and Raya and the Last Dragon. He played Wong in this. You know, his name is, his actor's name is actually Benedict Wong, and he played Wong in this. I think he did a decent job, but I think we might want to have the other guy back. Which other guy? Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it more in the episode, but I kind of wish he would have had more of a role in this one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the I was just making a joke, by the way. He actually played Wong in the movies as well. Oh, he did? Yes, he did. Oh, I got you. So you also left off. He was in a sci-fi show trying to remember based off of a comic book. Trying to remember what it is. Um, Deadly Class. Deadly Class. All right. There you go. Which was kind of interesting. I leave off stuff all the time and have my co-host bring it to the front. Hey, you know, that's what we're here for. I have to provide you guys a way to shine, and this one is generally it. Otherwise, we won't be talking. Apparently not. Yeah. Let's move on to Tilda Swinton. She was in a little movie called Vanilla Sky. She was also in Constantine, which I've forgotten about. And then she played a small part in three different movies that started with The Chronicles of Narnia, as well as one of Rob's favorites, and I know it's his favorite because I listened to him talking about it. It's called Snowpiercer. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, we uh, we reviewed that on Satis, well, first part of the year here. Also has uh, Chris Evans in there, so it's a little bit of a crossing of the streams on uh, some of their stuff. I really enjoyed it. It's a good one. Go check it out. Chris, she's a newcomer to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What did you think of her performance here? I think she did a pretty good job here. I also thought she did a pretty good job in you know her live action version of herself. So this is definitely one where the voice actors knew what they were doing. Oh, so you're saying she's also an existing Marvel Cinematic Universe actor? It's true. Oh, man. I'm just, I'm striking out this time. Okay, let's move on to the next one. His name is Ike Amani. He was voicing characters in Voltron, Legendary Defender, Troll Hunters, Tales of Arcadia, Three Below Tales of Arcadia, Mortal Kombat, and Mass Effect 3's big video game voiceover guy he played obing and we'll talk about that later and um yeah this is one that was not in the marvel cinematic universe i don't remember this character ever being and i'm being serious here i don't remember this character ever being in the marvel cinematic universe so i think he did a decent job but we'll talk about his character in a little bit rob what do you think of the performance i thought it was pretty good what little there was i mean he only had what like a five maybe a total of five minute talk but it was good i would think somebody that really was into time travel movies would be able to ascertain the performance of somebody before and after a couple of hundred centuries go by. <laughs> there wasn't enough there. He, you know what? No, he did a very good job of sounding like an old man about to die. Okay. So like a Yoda? Almost. Okay. Well, with better speech patterns. Oh, well, that's not hard to do with Yoda. Chris, what'd you think of Obeying? He was good. Not as good as he was in Troll Hunters, though. Okay. And then, just from the comic book background, do you ever run into him when you're reading about Doctor Strange? I haven't noticed anything. I haven't read a ton of Doctor Strange, though. I haven't either, so I was just wondering. And then Leslie Bibb played Christine Everhart. You might know her from Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. He ain't first, you're last. 
and law-abiding citizen. I think this, you know, for a newbie to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, she did great, Chris, didn't she? Yeah, she did really good with this one. Oh, hi. Sorry, I was lucky. <laughs> I didn't realize you were on me. Uh, yeah, she. Uh, I think she did pretty good. Um, I was trying to figure out where Ike played in Mass Effect 3. I was intrigued. Sorry. Okay, I actually didn't put that in there. I think Lauren did when she was looking at the show notes earlier today. She wanted to talk about the video game voiceover acting that was done there. Yeah, just random voices, it looks like. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, no, Javik. Javik. He played Javik. So we've completely confused our listeners. And Leslie, Leslie Bibb did indeed play Christine Everhart in the MCU. She's been in the MCU ever since Iron Man 2. That's the uh, news lady, correct? Yes, he was the news person. So... That is the voiceover cast. As Chris mentioned, most of these people have been in the MCU for a while and have played their characters for a while. I didn't really have an issue with any of them voicing their characters. Even Rachel McAdams, I think, did a pretty good job of voicing her character. Tilda Swinton, you might say she was a little robotic, but actually the Ancient One was robotic in how she was played. So I think she did even better as a voice actor on her character than she did in person. I think she did a good job in person. I know we've talked about the ethnicity of that particular role, but I still think Tilda Swinton did a good job in the character, both live action and with the voiceover. Guys, I watched this episode and we talked about when you watched it, Rob, but I watched this episode this morning. I didn't watch it yesterday when it came out. I watched it this morning. So I was busy doing other stuff and preparing for vacation here. And this morning, I'm glad I waited till this morning. I woke up a little early and I watched it because I needed some time to process this. And I don't think I would have had the time to process it had I watched it last night and then went to bed. It was a rough one to get through. It was literally heartbreaking and it definitely left me not with a sour note in my mouth because I think they played it off well. But it was just one of those heart-wrenching things to watch. And you just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that we're actually watching this. So Chris, I'll let you go. You watched it last night, I'm guessing, for the first time. Yeah, um, got home. We got dinner ready. I'm sitting there for some dumb reason thinking he's going to lose his literal heart. Because I don't somehow I've avoided spoilers like a champ. But I don't know. And then we get into this and... I would almost rather watch Grave of the Fireflies again. That was rough. Rough to say that. But yeah, I, I kind of see that. Now, Rob, you watched it right before the podcast. Are you still doing okay? I mean, you're not in need of any counseling or anything? No, no. Uh, the whole time travel thing kind of uh, softened the blow a little bit. You know, I didn't have enough time to grieve because he kept going back and back and back. So that kind of softened the blow. But overall, yes. It was rough. It sucked that every single time she had to die. You know, no, it didn't matter what they did. You know, and it to me, it's it was a little out of Strange's character in terms of what we've seen him in before, in terms of going rogue, I guess, and not being the wise kind of guy, you know, the, that we've seen in some of the other movies. And, and I'm not talking about comics or anything. I don't follow the, the Strange comics. So I don't have anything to base it off of, just basing off of MCU stuff. You know, he's very arrogant. He had that accident. 
and it turned him more humble as he went, it seemed like, with a little bit of arrogancy in there. Yeah, eventually, I think it kind of is in his character, so they didn't stray, stray too far from it. We can have that conversation a little bit. Let's talk about time loop episodes. One of my favorite things in television is a time loop episode or movie. I just love oh, yeah. the timing, being able to go over the same thing over and over again until you actually get it right. I don't think I would want to do it for me personally, but watching things like Groundhog Day where you eventually get it right and you're good for humanity and stuff like that after the fact, it's great. I've watched a lot of time loop episodes as I suppose that you guys have. So I've compiled a list of the ones that I remember watching on television. I know there's been others, but I have not watched them. So let's just go down this list. And if you guys have any more, please speak up. So the first one is going to be the one that we reviewed and watched on this podcast called Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. As I Have Always Been. That was in the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was one of the better episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in my opinion, and we reviewed it as such when we talked about it. That was the one where the thing was uh, reset, the chrono, the time jumper thing would kept resetting, right, and blowing up. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And it was in the plane, not the bus, but, you know, the plane that they had after the bus. And it was causing this time loop, but it was getting shorter and shorter, shorter as things went along. Yeah. I watched this little show called Fringe. I don't know if you guys had watched it. Yeah. Okay. So Rob has, Chris has not. Fringe, there was a time loop episode in that called White Tulip. Also watched this series on sci-fi called 12 Monkeys. It was loosely based off the 12 monkeys story in the in the movie which i have not seen the movie rob i'm guessing you've seen the 12 monkeys movie i've seen the movie i haven't seen the show oh, okay so we're opposite polar opposites yeah. of each other here the tv show was actually a pretty good one for sci-fi i've railed against the sci-fi channel for quite some time 12 monkeys was one of the last really good shows on it i think and they had a time loop episode called lullaby one of my favorite time loop episodes ever is on Stargate SG-1. It was called Window of Opportunity. We've talked about it on the podcast before. The big scene that everybody remembers from it is either Jack O'Neill golfing into the open wormhole and somebody yells at him, the general yells at him, and he goes, in the middle of my backswing. So that's one. And the other one is when he kisses his subordinate captain carter not our captain carter here on marvel but the captain carter over on stargate so that's window of opportunity it's a fun watch tilk is great in that and doctor who there was an episode called heaven sent that was a decent time loop episode if you're a long time sci-fi fan and chris i'm just guessing you haven't seen this because you know you often claim to not see a lot of things star trek the next generation have you seen that series chris I started it, and then I don't remember what happened that made me stop. Okay. I did watch all of the original series, though. It is seven years, The Next Generation. I get that. It's a long commitment. They had a really good time loop episode called Cause and Effect that's actually mirrored in a lot of the other Star Trek series as things go along. Rob, you have seen this one, Cause and Effect? Probably. It's been a long time. I watched Star Trek when it first came out, The Next Generation stuff. I was old enough for that. So I probably would remember it if I saw it. I couldn't tell you exactly what happened right now. I am re-watching the stuff right now. The girlfriend says, uh, you're watching that 70s show. I'm like, it's not 70s, it's 80s. It's still old. 
Well, it started in 86. It ended in 93? 94. Yeah, seven seasons. So 94. 94. 94 yeah. yeah. And a few movies. A television show that I reviewed over on the Starling Tribune, Legends of Tomorrow, had an episode called Here I Go Again. That was a relatively recent episode. I want to say in the last two or three years. And I know COVID's kind of made me a little wonky with time there. But it was a really good episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Everybody enjoyed it on the Starling Tribune. On this podcast, we reviewed a show called Cloak and Dagger. It's a Marvel show that aired on, uh, I want to say Hulu. It was Hulu. It was well, Hulu? Free, started Freeform okay. uh, and then moved over to Hulu. There was a time loop episode there called The Lotus Eaters, season one, episode seven. I reviewed this little show called Arrow on the Starling Tribune. That was the main show that we reviewed in season eight, episode six. So one of the very last episodes, that seems to be a common theme so far in here. It's like one of the final episodes, last season, that sort of thing. There was an episode called Reset, and it was really to prepare Oliver Queen for what was coming up for him in crisis and the fact that he just wasn't going to win. There was this great show on CBS called Person of Interest, all about basically the um, IT space. Rob, did you ever watch Person of Interest? Never, really. I didn't. It never grabbed me. Wow. But you tried it? I watched probably maybe the first couple episodes, and it just wasn't enough to, between all the other TV shows I was watching, it just wasn't enough to say, yep, okay, I'm invested. It turned out to be a pretty decent show, but I could see if you were a hard over IT person, which you seem to be, Rob, that uh, I might get a little off put of some because it's just, you know, it's TV IT. It's not real. It's right. High in the sky magic stuff. Magic IT. All right. Well, I mean, all IT is magic at some point, right? That's where all that smoke comes from. You've let the magic out. Um, Yeah. The little industry trade secret there. Did not know that. Yep. I'll have to use that next time. Computer. If you keep the smoke in, everything is fine. Okay. Chris, have you heard this terminology before? I have never heard that in my life. Oh, man. We're just getting schooled today, I guess. There were a couple movies that I put on the list. Edge of Tomorrow and Groundhog Day. I already talked about Groundhog Day, but Edge of Tomorrow was that Tom Cruise movie and Emily Blunt, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. I, I liked it. It was a decent movie. Yeah, it was. We've actually, uh, I've reviewed that with uh, Jason over on Satis. Uh, we talked about that in depth. Uh, it was a lot of talking about Emily Blunt, but uh, uh, it was in depth. Uh, we've done that one. Uh, there's also a movie called Primer kind of an indie it's an indie movie but that's uh got some time time travel looping type of deal they go into a box go back in time relive their day try to affect things and they've done that they do that a couple times so that was kind of that was an interesting movie probably wouldn't have watched it if i wasn't having to review it though okay chris you have a favorite time loop movie I think for me, it would probably be the most recent one I've seen called Palm Springs with Andy Samberg, where he is just stuck in a time loop. He figures out he can never get out. And so he just kind of does whatever he wants because it doesn't matter. And it's Andy Samberg being as you would expect Andy Samberg to be. Okay. 
There were a couple other TV show episodes that I just want to mention here. Eureka had an episode in 2008 called I Do Over. I enjoyed watching Eureka over on the Sci-Fi Channel. It was the quintessential low-budget sci-fi film, but I think they did a, a good job with it, and it had a lot of heart, talking about the lack of heart for Doctor Strange in this episode. Farscape, now I have not watched Farscape, but I had to put this on the list because I knew that Lauren if she was here, would talk about it. They had an episode in 1999 called Back and Back and Back to the Future. Oh, I have not seen that. Have either of you two seen Farscape and in particular this episode? I've watched all of Farscape. I don't remember what episode it is. It's been so long. And it tends to happen when you binge watch stuff, which is typically what I end up doing. So it all kind of melds together. Good show, though. It's worth it. Jim Henson has some puppeteers in there, which are always pretty good. I started watching it. I bought the DVD set. And yeah, not Blu-ray, but DVD set. So I have all the DVDs, although I think it's streaming somewhere right now. And it is on my list of shows to binge watch or stream on, on the elliptical or treadmill. Also on the Sci-Fi Channel, there was this show called Dark Matter. I actually enjoyed it. It was the last show that I watched on the Sci-Fi Channel. Can't believe they canceled that. Yeah, that's a story for oh, another podcast. Yeah. They're, Actually, there was another podcast on the Gonna Geek Network that is in the pre-roll to this episode's On the Bubble. Josh did an introspective on Dark Matter and the whole cancellation behind it and the fact of the business behind the business and why it was canceled. But there was an episode called All the Time in the World, and it was just the same sort of sci-fi time loop episode as you can get and like i said before there are more i know there's a buffy the vampire slayer time loop episode there's tons more time loop episodes out there i just have not seen them so i didn't put them on the list so let's move on we'll talk about the watcher because i think the watcher's role in this episode is going to springboard into other episodes in the future so chris we talked a little bit about it spoiler free before but there was a lot of Watcher dialogue in this, and there was actually interaction with the characters. That was a first. I was really excited for that. Going back to the last episode was the first time I remember seeing the Watcher actually in the episode, out once you get past all the intro stuff. But he was just kind of, you know, there in the background. You could miss him. Here in this episode, though, you start off with there's the watcher just kind of hanging out doing his narration thing and doctor strange as a character in the show realizes that uatu is there and so he's kind of turning around and hey what's going on back there guy who are you talking and then later you have uatu actually interacting with doctor strange which he's not really supposed to do destroying the prime directive let's Take it a step back. Doctor Strange initiates the interaction. I mean, the Watcher's there. Doctor Strange notices the Watcher there. And Doctor Strange is the one who initiates the conversations. Like, you need to help me. You need to fix this. And the Watcher's like, no, I, you've been wrong, but there's nothing I can do. So it is the prime directive from that standpoint. But the Watcher didn't initiate it. That was my one chance to make a Star Trek reference. Okay. No. And the only other thing, I mean... He did interact, but there wasn't anything he was going to do about it. It was the the universe blipped out at that point in time, you know, so it, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. 
I wouldn't think. I think that what Doctor Strange did at the end kept the universe from completely collapsing. I don't know what that does to the universes next door to it. We are in a multiverse scenario, right? So I don't know if one universe goes down, if it takes the other multiverse around with it. Now we're talking Marvel multi-universe. They haven't established rules yet, really. No, and if you take one of the multiverse rules from another realms, let's let's just go to the CW with the Arrowverse. You know, they had the whole multiverse thing that came down to one universe thing, and and there were some effects throughout the universe there, but you can't take that and apply it to Marvel because they're not all playing with the same playbook, not all the same rules. Yeah. So we talked about the heartbreakingness of this episode. So let's describe what's happened. What Dr. Strange is doing is he's going to this award ceremony and Christine's in the car with him and it's a sports car and he's driving. I don't know why these doctors have to go on these cliff roads to go to their schwanky things, but apparently they do. So he's driving on this road that's got a cliff on one side and a cliff on the other. You kind of you're going to go down basically if you get hit and he ends up getting hit and going down and Christine dies. And that instead of his hands being crushed in our universe in the sacred timeline, right? He gets his hands crushed and that creates him to go investigate the arts of the mystic arts and uh, being able to be as capable as he is. Well, in this universe, it's Christine's death that drives him to do the same thing. So once he gets trained, then what he wants to use is use the time travel tool to go back and bring Christine back. And he tries to do it over and over and over again. And each time Christine dies, even when she's not even part of the car ride, even when Dr. Strain's not even there. Christine dies. So Christine dying is a fixed point in time that has to happen in this universe in order for it to move forward. And it really tears Dr. Strange apart. Now, I want to ask you guys here of that. We've been talking about the what if points in episodes. What is the Chris? I'll let you go first. What is your what if point that you grab from this episode? Easily for me, it's. It, his hands versus her, or Christine dying. I feel like that one's a pretty obvious thing. Mm. I would have chosen something else, but we'll talk about that in a second. Rob, you have not seen the other episodes. You probably not listened to the podcast talking about it. But if you had to guess, just looking at this episode just the one time, what is the what if branch that occurred here to make all this different than our universe? I think it's the fact that Christine wasn't around. In the MCU, he has issues. He goes to her and she helps him out and kind of brings him, brings him back, not only to life, but she grounds him. He doesn't have that. So I think that's the what if, what if your tether to this world is gone? Okay. Well, I think both of what you're describing is the effects of the what if incident. The what if incident is a decision made by somebody that makes it different from their universe to our universe. And I think the decision that's being made by Dr. Strange along the way to make it different and to make Christine die 
we haven't seen. I don't think we've seen why she has to die versus Dr. Strange hands getting crunched. That's a scenario that just has no direct correlation to anything. I, I agree with you guys. The fact that Christine has to die causes all these differences, but what causes Christine to be the one that dies? In the previous three episodes, I can point to a specific what-if event, a decision that's made by somebody at some point, even if we don't see it on the screen. In this one, I couldn't tell you what it was. I can tell you what the effect is. Christine has to die, and that affects Doctor Strange, but I can't tell you what the what-if incident is. I can also tell you that because of that what-if decision, there are at least two what-if decisions that we get from Doctor Strange. The first is to use the time travel to begin with to try to save her life. That's number one. And then number two is the fact that he's been split by Tilda. There's a couple of what-if scenarios here. Do you think he would have gone as far as he did if Tilda hadn't split him? If he was whole? Yeah. If he was whole. I don't think he would have. Yeah. Yeah. I think his morality or or the good side of him would have won out. I don't think he would have sucked up demons and tentacles and what have you. Indeed. Chris, what do you think about that? No, the speed with which he decided to go suck up all those demons and everything, I think kind of points to that too. It, it also might just point to the fact that they have a 30 ish minute episode, so they need to kind of push things along. But yeah, if you don't have that good side or at least the better side of, Stephen there who is deciding not to go back and try to save Christine and everything because of all the warnings. You don't have that balancing out the side that just really wants to go get her back. Yeah. I think that there was a lot of that to it. If you just would have had the singular Dr. Strange, he would have cut it off way before. And in the end, he knows he's gone too far. It's his arrogance without his compassion. That has driven him to that point. And you can clearly see that at the end where he's preparing the good Doctor Strange is preparing to go fight the evil Doctor Strange. And there's not really good and evil here, but we'll just misguided. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Misguided and then good. So anyway, they're fighting one each other. They're getting ready to fight each other. And Doctor Strange is looking at Wong and he's going, yeah, I, I have to stop him because at the very least I have to save you. And that was, I think, if he was integrated with Doctor Strange earlier, before he absorbed all those things, that he would have been able to stop himself from going that far. And then that tentacle thing, that's not the first time we've seen the tentacle thing, Chris, right? Oh, it's not the second time we've seen the tentacle thing either. Like, this tentacle thing keeps coming back. That's got to be a thing. Yes, you're going to love it. Okay. And we don't know... All we see is the tentacles, so we don't, we have not seen like the full up monster yet or anything like that. And there's speculation that it is Hive from you know the creature that we saw in Agents of Shield. There's oh, okay. uh, other speculations on what it is out there, but it is a standard thing. And that coupled with just various different things that we've seen throughout these episodes makes me think that these what if what if episodes, which are supposed to be standalone, are actually combined. So. Like I was saying, the what if that we saw here in Doctor Strange or that we didn't see in Doctor Strange, I think is linked to another what if. And I think a couple of the other what if episodes are linked together as well. So 
is with we thought this was going to be a bunch of one-offs and maybe they still are one-offs i think there is an ability to draw that string between all of the episodes and pull them all together and rob this is not a fair conversation to have with you because you haven't seen the previous three episodes but i think there is enough out there to say these could be melded together chris call me crazy no now that you're saying and i'm really starting to see things coming together like that and it's just making me so much more excited for the rest of the series how else are they going to be able to sneaky connect things and they're pretty good at doing it so maybe they will maybe they won't i don't know we'll see and this could be remember wandavision where we were all trying to connect everything together when we watched it the first time and it didn't end up being as much as we thought so i don't want to lead anybody astray or say that it's definitely connected or anything but i'm just seeing enough evidence to say yeah it could be. yeah but but in one division there was there was stuff happening in that first episode that came into play later on so i could see that happening here in what if in that stuff that's happened in the first few episodes connects further on down and you go oh okay now it makes sense they had that in WandaVision. There was a few scenes there where it was, oh, okay. I get it now. Yeah. We're going to take a left turn here. We talked about Wong before. We talked about his character, Benedict, as he's actually playing his own namesake. And I think he's done a bang-up job in every single role I've seen him in. Really. And I can see how he's been typecast and not a leading actor and everything. He's not the quintessential hunk on TV or on the screen. I get that. He is really good, though. And I wish that sometime that he would be placed, and it doesn't have to be in the MCU, although I hope it's in the MCU, that he's actually placed in a co-leading role. Not the sidekick, not the side character, but an actual co-lead. I could see him doing it. and. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, but I think he can do it. Yeah, I think he could. I think it would be, have, I haven't seen it yet. We're going to watch it this weekend. I'm thinking Ten Rings might be, or that, that genre there, you know, because you, you've got the, the mystical stuff happening in the Ten Rings. That might be a good fit for him and and Shang Chi, I'm sorry, Shang Chi, uh, as all the uh, promos have been calling it. I think that could be a good spot for them to to team up or at least co lead or what have you. Uh, I, I bring the the Asian mysticism in with the the magical mysticism that that they've got going on. Or we could go a different direction and have Wong with. Louis from Ant-Man. Because I think those two together would be a ton of fun. <laughs> only, only if they, only if they, uh, they uh, retell what has happened in their, in their whole voice thing. They were in the Martian together. Now, they didn't have any scenes together, but they were both in the Martian. That's true. Yeah, I could see them. Great flick, too. Yeah, playing opposite of each other. That'd be cool. Uh, talking about that and adapting to dialogue and stuff like that. I did like through the time loops where it wasn't the same dialogue over and over for Dr. Strange. He picked it right up and he ad-libbed it and did the improv thing every single time. It was different 
every single time. There was themes that came back, like the Cramp Lay or whatever, but it wasn't the same dialogue every time. And I actually enjoyed that. So my kudos to the writers of the episode for pulling that one off. Yeah, it's very easy to just hit repeat and do it. And you see that a lot in, well, you see that in a lot of the, the time jump type shows, uh, at least for the first few times where until they get a they get a handle on the fact that oh okay i'm looping and then you start seeing the variety but it makes a whole lot more sense with uh with strange knowing full well that he's looping that he needs to try something else and not just keep repeating the same thing over and over and it's a nice a really nice change from when we saw it back in loki where loki would go into his own little personal hack and same move every time no matter what but yeah it definitely helps that dr strange was the one who was causing this so he didn't have to wonder what was going on yeah not when he figured it out not when tilda told the good one what was going on he just went with it and then ran at the end there so even at the end there uh so let's talk about sorcerers in this specifically you had the ancient one traveling beyond her death again at some point in time need to have a conversation with somebody that will tell me why this keeps on happening over and over again. I guess it's just a thing with the ancient one. The first one made sense when she split him. That one made sense because he technically went back in time when she was still alive and she could have, I guess, sensed it or felt it, you know, that something was off. Because you saw that in Endgame when they went back to the Battle of of New York, you know, she knew that he didn't belong there and that kind of deal. So there's precedent for that. But yeah, the whole astral projection or whatever it was at the end, it didn't make sense to me. And it's happened in the MCU. It's happened in this what if. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a thing that we can go back to. But I I think if they do it one more time, and I don't know if they will ever bring the ancient one back, but if they do it one more time, it's going to be definitely one time too many because... I'm done with it, Chris. I don't know. What do you think? Or maybe it happens in the comics all the time and I don't know about it. They're internally consistent with it in the MCU. So it's just one of those things that I guess I'm just going to have to accept is a thing. Or they have just decided that time travelers are effectively immortal. So the other thing I have a question on is the librarian, Obing. Was he really Cagliostro? Or was he just a librarian of the library of Cagliostro? Because I'm thinking he was Cagliostro. I thought so too. I thought I thought it would come out at the very end when he was old. You know, hey, I know who you are. This was my thing. It ain't going to end well type of situation, but maybe we're wrong. Chris, what's your thoughts? For or against? I'm definitely for that. Um, just for the record, my wife is also for that. She threw that one out at me before I could throw it out at her. So, okay. Um, once we got past, I want to have all those books just like that. That was the first thing she said. Okay, we'll go back to the books in a second, but we'll complete my trifecta with the Sorcerer. Sorcerer Armani. I actually think it's got a nice tone to it. It's got a nice ring to it. I like it. And from now on, I'm going to call Strange Armani. Sounds good. If I were Strange, I would have just rolled with it because it's it's just too good. He's going to be a Sorcerer Hoodie, though, in Spider-Man, right? Apparently. Unless that's Mephisto. You never know. Oh, Oh, this little chestnut again, huh? Bringing up Mephisto. Jeez. And then I brought up, you know, the, the scroll could be because of the war thing going on, but uh, it would be hard to do and actually perform magic at the same time. So probably not. So in light of 
Rob being here from SADC. Let's go down the little path of power. So if you had the ability to absorb any power, we'll just limit it to one. So you're not going to say all of them. What power would you absorb? Would you? And would you think it was ethical? Rob, I'm going to start with you because I think you're the least scrupulous person here. Are we talking about the powers that he absorbed during the show or just a power in general? A power in general. Oh, man. I would like to have, I'm not going to say immortality, but maybe regen. So essentially immortal. So like a Doctor Who sort of thing or... Well, maybe not necessarily that. I'm thinking more along the lines of, you know, your arm gets cut off or whatever. Oh. You can regrow it. Maybe closer to like a Deadpool type of deal where things regrow. I don't want the avocado face to go with it. Because immortal just means that, yeah, you live forever, but you could potentially die. There, there could be something. And everybody's going to die around you. Yeah. At least with regener- regenerating. You know, yeah, I'm still going to live for a heck of a long time, but I could do things. I would think I could do things that might benefit man or benefit others and not have to worry about my own safety type of deal. I'd like to think I'd be a good guy. I know better, but I know Chris would be a lot (laughs) better than you. So, Chris, I'm going to go with you. What would you do here? Well, my cheater answer is I would go for rogue's power so I could absorb other people's powers. Oh, that is a cheater answer. It is. It's also assuming that other people have powers. I know. But also I could just absorb their life essence and get rid of all the bad people. So either way that works. But my real answer is I would go for the speed. Yeah, I want to help people. He wants to murder dudes. I would just want to murder bad people. Even if they're that's still murder. This is a death note situation here. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I just don't think it's ethical, so I'm just not going to do it. Uh, But that's just me. You're not going to absorb anybody because it's not ethical. It's not. So this was a loaded question. Yes. Well, no, it wasn't loaded. No, it, was it was just loaded. the way. I, no, it's the way I think of it. I'm not saying you are wrong. I'm just saying I would do what I would do. You up on your pedestal. Give me enough time. And I might change my mind. We'll see. Another great thing from this is we got the Battle of the Capes. The Capes were fighting each other. It was fun to watch. Uh, it was sad how it ended, but it was fun to watch. Probably the funnest part of the whole fight that was going on. There was some tremendous fight. There was a lot of good action going on here, but the Capes fighting each other, I think that was the best one. I don't know, Chris, what did you think about the fights and the Cape fights? The Cape. I got to go with you on this one. The Capes were just amazing. I love the way they animated it, too. Like it, it wasn't just a couple blobs of fabric. It was actual capes with form doing things. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd, I liked it. I wish it, there was a little bit more of it because I thought that would have been more interesting as far as like maybe the capes fighting Strange, not necessarily the one cape wrapping Strange and then burning immediately. Uh, maybe a little bit more to it would be my only critique. So, Chris, you had a note in the show notes that I want to explore a little bit. Talking to yourself as a voice actor. It just, I wish Lauren was here. I know. That's actually why I wrote that. I was really hoping she'd be here for this one. She's not. By the way, I didn't mention it. She's just not feeling well tonight. That's why she's not here. She should be back next week. But, Chris, tell me about your thought process here. So, I mean, just on a technical how you do it level, I just want to know, like, 
are they sitting there recording both sides bouncing back and forth? Are they recording all of one side and then going back and recording all of the other side? And is it easier or is it harder to play off of yourself knowing what you're going to do, even if you haven't actually done it yet? And how much do you influence yourself as you're doing it? And are, is it loop back? Is your own voice loop back into uh, after you've done the recording of one side and then you do recording on the other side? So you go back and do the recording of the first side again, and you iterative it till you get them separate enough so the performances are separate enough? I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, I couldn't do that personally. I, when I hear myself, it freaks me out, you, you know, type of, di- you know, so it, not like, uh, but it's enough to break my concentration you know, whether it's feedback or whatever, or just hearing myself on the, on the computer or something like that. So I would think that somebody's reading those lines back to you so that you can kind of play off of it a little bit and not necessarily a, uh, not necessarily a voice track being sent back to you of yourself. Yeah. That's actually probably the better way of how they, cause they do that in actual television screens shots all the time. There'll be shots where you're looking at the one character, but not looking at the other character. So they get the dialogue of the one character and the lines are being read by another actor that's on off screen or off camera or whatever. So that is done. Or the water boy. Yeah. Not necessarily <laughs> an actor, right? Well, I, I don't know how it's done now, but you know, yeah. I listened to the Delta Flyers and Robert Duncan McNeil, who was an actor, is now a producer slash director. And that's how he says that he did it in the past and they do it now. So I, I just go with somebody no. that's in the industry now, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if you don't have anybody else, you just choose somebody, it, you yeah. know, you, you just want the lines to be played off of. And so you can get the shot because especially with a tell with a live action television show, you only get so many days to actually film the episode front to back. Yeah. It's like they, what a week, something like that. Normally with these sci-fi shows, they give them eight days per episode. That's normally what happens, but that's not a hard, fast set rule. It's just what I've heard. So Chris, you actually had another note in your part of the show notes. I just looked at it and was like, we got to talk about it. The gnome sounded just like the gnomes from Troll Hunter. Yeah. We've talked about Troll Hunter. We talked around Troll Hunter so much. I can't recommend that series enough. It's really good. But I also find it oddly strange that one of the gnomes that Dr. Strange, I see what I did there, one of the gnomes that he absorbs, literally, it's the exact same noise as the gnomes from Troll Hunter. Voiced by the same person, maybe. I didn't look into it that much, but that's still, somebody had to have made the choice to get them in there. The additional voices are pretty incestuous between voice acting. So, yeah, I would say it's entirely possible that's for sure i have one saved round but before i talk about that rob i'm just going to turn it over to you is there anything left that we have not discussed with this episode that you just got to get off your chest not really i mean i thought this was a good episode i am having not seen the others uh, and just jumping right into this one i am glad that they are more or less standalone and that you're not they're not building on each other, obviously not building on each other. They might be building on each other, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was lost getting into this little lost with the, with the, uh, watcher, but I know enough about who the watcher is that it didn't, it didn't jar me out of, out of the situation. So, I mean, I really didn't have, have many questions other than 
I can't wait to see what's next. And how are the heck are they going to bring in the zombies? Because I heard they're doing the zombie thing, right? So, yeah, I'm I'm interested in that one. So what we all heard. I don't know if it's that it's, it's next week or not. Uh, we'll get that in a little bit. But I do want to tell you that they have dropped hints, and there's been interviews that said that. Captain Carter will be one of the episodes that are reprised in season two. Like they will take that forward from the coda scene or the end scene on. They've also said that they are now thinking a lot more of them are going to be brought into season two. So this might not be the only like one and done. They might be building on each other, at least in a stovepipe, if not with each other. All right. Do you think they'll continue on with, uh, T'Challa and just bring in a different voice actor for that or now, in IMDB it says that T'Challa has four credits for this season right just this season I if they do any more they'll have to bring in somebody else to play right I mean I understand being able to get the four this this time because this was all done prior to his passing but personally I'd like I would like them to not do it you know don't don't bring T'Challa back into it. Let's let's honor, do what they're doing with Black Panther to honor his memory and move forward with somebody else. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Move forward with somebody else with wh- however they're going to handle Black Panther. A different character, not T'Challa. Right. You know, yeah. So Chris, what else did we not cover that you wanted to cover tonight? Main thing with this one is just make sure you're in a good headspace before you watch it. Because that, I mean, we thought that hearing Chadwick Boseman on the last episode was rough. This one is really rough. It is not just the fact that Christine dies every time, although that's hard enough. It is the fact that Dr. Strange is so in love with her and she is so in love with him and they get ripped apart every single time. And at the end, you have her completely being afraid of him doesn't want to be there is completely scared at the end doesn't understand what's happening at the very end to her and stuff like that it's just it is it does not end happily not at all especially with the watcher coming in and just being as hard as he was about it it was just it was definitely i'm again i'm glad i did not watch it right before bed and you're right it needs to be good headspace anything else or is that it for you chris no i'm gonna end on a downer with that one all right well good legends of shield ending right there so next week we will be covering what if episode five whether i'm on the podcast or not still remains to be seen but i should be here and then from a different location and then we'll go on from there we will not be covering Changji next week. We are going to wait the 45 days and hopefully it will show up on Disney Plus and then we will cover it then. So, Rob, you'll be before us in this one particular time. Uh, hey, somebody's got to scoop it from you, right? That's right. So if you want to get the Shang-Chi right off of the hot press, you can go over to creativebraincandy.com and get that episode over there. In the meantime, there's a lot of news to roll through, so we're going to get to that right now. Well, continuing on the downer note from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week, the first one that we, the first news story that we're going to be covering 
is a sad note of passing. Ed Asner passed away this past week, Sunday morning, actually, just a few days ago. And if you look at his career, first of all, he was 91. I mean, that's a good life right there. He was in good spirits this past year, especially when his friends started passing away. Uh, There was a a famous tweet that he gave out when his friend Gavin, who was Captain Steubing over on the Love Boat, when he passed away. Uh, And he was also part of the Mary Tyler Moore show uh, that Ed Asner said, Gavin is just RIP Gavin, basically uh, Betty, meaning Betty White. It's just you and me left. Now it's just Betty White left from that gang. She'll never die. She's eternal. A lot of people said that of Stan Lee and look where that got us. That's true. So anyway, the reason why I'm bringing up Ad Asner, because everybody's like, Lou Grant, Mary Tyler Moore, what what are you talking about? Well, first of all, Ad Asner was an up, so it's Disney property, but he also voiced a few Marvel characters over the year, most famously J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man 1994 cartoon. That's what a lot of people actually point to. He was also the voice of Ben Parker a couple of times as well. So Ed Asner was definitely a stalwart within the Marvel Universe, not necessarily the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but he was a legend in a lot of aspects, and the Marvel Universe was just glad to have him. Did either of you two listen to his performances as Marvel, or you just knew Ed Asner as Ed Asner? I knew him as Ed Asner. I mean, I did watch Spider-Man, but I didn't realize that that was his voice. I was too young to realize that voices were voices, you know, who was voice behind the voices. Right. Yeah. Like I'm young enough to be SP's kid. So (sighs) people, I I just had to rub that in. I know. But I mean, by the time I got to see up, yeah, you know, now, you know, I have another reason to skip the first five minutes of up every time. I know that's just uh, a rough one, but in the end up is a, is a good one. And of course, who can't forget Doug, the dog, up wearing the cone of shame squirrel all right so moving on to the next news story kevin feige was interviewed by the gentleman over at cinema blend in largely it's from the shangji press tour that everybody's doing right now trying to really get into it there was one question that was asked which was mcu related and the question was about the current avengers team is there a current avengers team what's going on with the avengers team in the mcu Is there going to be an Avengers team in the MCU? Kevin Feige was coy as he always is, but basically alluded to the fact that it is going to start to be addressed, not addressed in its entirety, but start to be addressed in here. I put the link to the YouTube video in the show notes, as well as the link to the Cinema Blend article. If you want to listen to it or watch it, it's like a six and a half minute long interview, not long at all, but it does go into various different things. And it is, you can tell it's not prepared. Kevin is all over the place. It's not prepared. It's not talking points or or anything. He is literally talking like he would sit down next to you on a bus stop bench and just get into a conversation with you. Is James there or Jason there at the bus stop? You know, Jason and Kevin Feige. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it would be that one then. Moving on into the MCU news that's non-Marvel Studios. Charlie Cox actually addressed a portion. I won't say it's hard over, but he addressed a portion because a fan brought up the fact that his forearms might be 
in that Spider-Man No Way Home trailer that we all saw last week. Did you guys see, first of all, did you see the trailer, Rob? Yes. I know Chris watched it. Did you see the forearms in question here, Rob? Only when they did a uh, screen capture of it. Okay, so you saw the articles afterwards. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice the forearms okay. during it, no. Chris, you know what we're talking about? I do, but I also didn't look at those forearms and think, oh my god, Charlie Cox. Yeah, right. So apparently somebody did. Charlie Cox is... Do they compare forearms or something? I mean, how do you... There are some people on the internet that have a ton of time to make comparisons of things, and some when you're looking it's a psychological thing too when you're looking for a result a lot of times you're going to find it whether it's there or not so anyway charlie cox said no in no uncertain terms those are not my forearms he did not say i am not in the movie he just said that those are not my forearms so i think the rumor mill is still plenty afoot of him actually being reprising his role actually as daredevil in spider-man no way home nah, and, it's probably mephisto okay or a scroll okay we can go both ways there. Moving on into Disney Plus news here, largely Marvel stuff here. What if star Jeffrey Wright teases a more involved watcher? Now, Chris, I, w- I was a little bit hesitant to bring this new story into the podcast because I know you want to remain spoiler free, but I think at this point in time, we can at least discuss this. No, that's fine. This is perfectly fine. Okay, so basically, Jeffrey Wright basically says that he's going to start to get more involved. And I think from that aspect, these being a one-off episode falls apart because it is the watcher watching. You Basically, you're watching the watcher watch this stuff. So if there's any continuity, it's the watcher, right? So the watcher is watching all this stuff, and he's going to get fed up, and he's going to, in my opinion, intervene at some point in time, which is going maybe to bring in zombies i don't know but it's going to be fun and it's going to be a story and it's going to be worth watching in my opinion so how much watching can the watcher watch if a watcher could watch stuff chris what do you think i think it's going to be a lot of watching but also yeah there's no way he's going to be able to sit here and oh they're screwing up their life but if i mess with this it's going to be the exact same as this other timeline but the other timeline is better but what if I make it worse? He's going to screw something up. I just know it. And I don't know, since this is technically everything on Disney Plus is supposed to be MCU canon at this point in time. So I don't know if it's going to go into Doctor Strange in the multiverse. I think we're headed in that direction. I think the multiverse, the Doctor Strange movie is going to be the quintessential choke point in all this. It might not be the conclusion, but we're going to get a lot of this stuff wrapped into it. I mean, we already know Wanda's in it. and. That's just wrapping a lot of stuff up into it. So I don't know. We'll see. But I think it's going to be fun to watch. And uh, Rob, you and your kids are going to have fun watching this all the way through all nine episodes. Oh, I think so. I think we will. Yeah. Moving on into Moon Knight, Mark Ruffalo is playing coy about whether or not the Hulk is going to appear there. And I got to hand it to it. I mean, if there's two people that can spoil anything in the MCU, it would be Tom Holland and Mark Ruffalo. And I think Finally, the lawyers got to him and gave him enough fines that he's finally shutting his trap. Well, shutting his trap and probably turning off his phone when he goes into uh, premieres. Yeah, so the direct quote here is, as the person who's responsible for this next phase of the MCU, I would hate to spoil something. I have learned the hard way. Yes, the hard way. 
I don't know what that means. Maybe that means that his contract, you know, instead of being fine, your next contract goes down millions of dollars. <laughs> That's a good way to fine you. Oh, gosh, that would do it. Yeah. Like, whoops. Uh, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. Or even worse for him. Oh, uh, we're not going to talk to Universal anymore and get solo Hulk film rights because you can't keep your mouth shut, Mr. Ruffalo. No. Buddy movies for the rest of your life. Woohoo! This next news story is kind of fun because we talked about it, I think, just last episode, the fact that there was not an MCU Christmas movie. And then we were talking about Iron Man 2. It was actually Iron Man 3. That was the quasi-Christmas one. But I was saying that there really wasn't a Christmas show in the MCU. Well, guess what? Marvel's Hawkeye TV series on Disney Plus will explore the MCU at Christmas. So we're going to finally get a Christmas something on the MCU and it's not going to have to deal with Groot. I don't know. This this looks like it could go both so right and so wrong. Rob, what do you think? I have high hopes for Hawkeye. I'm hoping they do it right. Not only for the fact that uh, Hawkeye hasn't had his moment to shine, similar to Black Widow. You know, it's always been second fiddle type of deal. So I'm hoping that they do this right and do him right. They are doing a Christmas special, though, aren't they, with Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, that's why I said Groot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's not just going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's the entire MCU is going to come in. Yeah, they, I thought so, yeah. I don't know which version of Groot it is. I don't think it's Baby Groot, but I think it's going to be Teen Groot. I don't think it's going to be Adult Groot. But I don't know. Well, Chris, what do you think about Christmas in the MCU? I'm just disappointed that we won't have the X-Men in the MCU properly by then, because that also means you can't have Santa Claus as an Omega-level mutant. You don't know that. It could happen. That could be where they uh, introduce it, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be the best, introducing the X-Men into a throwaway Christmas special? Make it happen. I was actually thinking about all this because we were talking about, on both podcasts here, both Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Smoking and Drinking in Caves, we are talking about the phases of Marvel and bringing in the Fantastic Four and the X-Men and stuff like that. And then last time we were talking here on this show about prequels, I would hate for them to do a prequel and bring in the X-Men that way. That would just totally ruin the MCU. No. Make it some... The only thing I can think of is some sort of Wanda event or something something from this multiverse stuff that they're doing. This would be a perfect way to introduce that is something happens with the multiverse that affects some people. Or people from a different universe show up in the MCU universe that are mutants. There's probably other ways, but I think that is, to me, that it makes the most sense. See, the first thing that came to mind for me was you could go pull from the current X-Men comic lines and just get them in from Krakoa. And they've been hanging out over there for a while. That's why we haven't seen them in the MCU. And now, yeah, okay, we've got to come out and save the world again because y'all are screwing it up. But then that's like, that's, that's a ripoff of Eternals, though. Kind of, because the Eternals have been kind of staying out of it, according to trailers. And now they're coming back. So, why, you know, that's, would they rehash like that with, with uh, mutants? So the Eternals are before Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. So you have yeah. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse, and that brings a whole bunch of freaking stuff to the forefront and the ability to go back and change things. Like if you if you, the Sacred Timeline changes to be something else, 
and I know the Sanctuary Time Round is made up, but it, apparently, according to that interview that I watched, Kevin Feige is now talking about the Sacred Timeline now too. So if the Sacred Timeline is now altered, then you could go back. And I just hope they don't because I think it's very important that the MCU started in 2008 where it did with Iron Man and there was no superheroes before. I mean, there was, but it wasn't big. It wasn't in the news, that sort of thing. And yeah. The Avengers started in 2008, basically. Yeah. They did a good job with Marvel, with Captain Marvel and getting rid of her by having her go to space. Right. I'd hate, yeah, I'd hate for him to, oh no, these guys have been here the whole time and they've been doing all these kind of fun things and we never heard about it. That doesn't seem right. And I don't think that your average person that's going to spend lots of money at the MCU is really going to be able to handle a change in the sacred timeline that makes that possible in the past. Like, wait a minute, you're telling me that the X-Men in the 1980s is from the same universe that we saw with Tony Stark in 2008 and the Avengers in 2012. Your average person's head's going to be blown on that. And they're really going to burn some bridges with people wanting to spend money to see their movies at that point. Cause it's just going to confuse people to the point where they're not going to want to go back. Right. Oh, it's going to blow it too with the, just the regenerative properties of stuff that they have going on at Krakoa. If they've tried to go th- with what I was saying, I mean, at that point you just invalidate any death that ever happens. Right. And you can bring back characters, but I don't know why. Just let it go and then move on. You can reboot it for Disney. Disney's playing in this long term. Their companies have been around for a long, long time. They're going to be around hopefully for a long, long time too. So they're playing the long game. They can reboot this whole thing in 30 or 40 years and make a ton of money. And they might. The last news story that I have in here is that there was an interview with the showrunner for What If. Her name is AC Bradley. I'm not going to go over the interview. There really isn't anything there that we haven't talked about before. But if you want to hear it from her mouth, or actually, you know, it's transcripted and in an article form, if you want to hear it directly from her, I will put the link in the show notes. It's a discussingfilm.net article. You can read all about what AC Bradley has to say about. What is going on in What If up till now? So I found the article. I thought it was neat. And then that was pretty cool there. So Chris, is there anything else you want to talk about with news this week? No, I I think that hits every little piece of news that I've had. It's hard enough trying to avoid spoilers. Yep. And Rob, no, this is not a DC podcast. You cannot talk about your DCEU. That's all right. I'll bring it up next week uh, on my show. No, Jason's show. Jason's show. Oh, yeah, because you're doing news on his show now. I do yeah. superhero news on his sci-fi podcast. Yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> he hasn't gone, uh, given you the hammer of making it sci-fi related? No, I bring, I bring enough. No, I don't even bring enough science type stuff. I had some science stuff in this last episode that we did. I, I impressed him. Oh. Which, I mean, all I got to do is bring science stuff and I impress him because I don't do that often. So but. you didn't talk about rocks again, did you? uh no no i didn't talk about rocks i didn't talk about stonehenge i think we've given the listener enough crossover for now we're gonna move on into some feedback right we have the best listeners in the world and they give us feedback i don't know why they do it because we read it on the show over on twitter it was a pretty active week we had at Mr. Paracletes, tweet us 
And he had listened to the most recent episode that was available at the time, which was two ago. And he said, replying to at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and at Stargate Pioneer, I heard you like GIFs or GIFs, you know, whatever you want to call it. And it was T'Challa putting on the Star-Lord mask. So well done, sir. Well done. Over on Twitter, somebody that has access to the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Twitter account, and I think it was Chris, said, uh, what superpower would make podcasting specifically legends of shield so not play comics or smoking and drinking in capes or space what superpower would make podcasting specifically legends of shield better Ooh, and hashtag asking for a friend so geekville radio replied said photographic memory and at star saber underscore 222 replied to that to remember all the times sp was wrong wait what <sighs> low blow sir but valid was the response from legends of shield at Star Saber underscore 222 replied straight up on his own. He said, teleportation, so you could be together in person every episode. Now, Rob, I have to ask you this. Have you ever podcasted in person with your co-hosts? Yes, yes. Jason and I have sat in the exact same room, staring lovingly into each other's eyes as we podcasted. Were you wearing clothes? We were. Okay, good. And this was a long time ago, uh, Red, uh, back when Red oh, was yes. still still there. We po- uh, And actually, it was my first one, The Arrival with Charlie Sheen, and then we did Cowboys and Aliens. Those were entertaining, trying to cram both of us into one room, and not picking up each other. That was the fun part. Oh, yeah, with the microphones. But once you figure out the technical stuff, podcasting in the same room is is so, so much better. Chris, I yeah. know you podcast in the same room with your co-host because I happen to know one of your co-hosts. Yeah, we do it all the time. Actually, though, um, I've done a few episodes with my wife, and when I'm done it with her, all of them except for one, I think, she was in the room with me, and we were sharing a mic. And if you go way back into the beginning of the Play Comics catalog um there was a guy named sean on for like five or six episodes and he would come over to my house and we would sit on my couch facing out into the room using my blue yeti well you know whatever works was it on the dual pattern where you had the two patterns going on or was it just the singular pattern it was on the singular because we were next to each other on the couch i was at least smart enough to do that okay well In any event, what I was trying to say is podcasting in the same room is much, much better because you can pick up on each other's physical cues going back and forth and you don't tend to talk over each other so much and stuff like that. So actually, Black Adam knows what he's talking about and I appreciate the suggestion. Also, at Stephen John Drew, who I have no idea who that joker is, said, well, for my show, it'd be time travel, obviously. I could travel to after the episode was published and feel as outraged as my listeners do when I hear the things that I said in the episode. He doesn't say he's going to correct them. He just wants to feel outraged. So there you go. Uh, Stephen John Drew, my co-host over at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Better Podcasting. So there was another tweet that went out. This was a poll. What has been your favorite Disney Plus series so far? And there's been four series out there so far for Marvel. So the choices were WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Loki and what if there were a total of 15 votes? Guys, I gotta admit, I was shocked. WandaVision came in with five of the 15 votes. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier came in with five of the 15 votes. I was shocked that they, everybody I talked to, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is their like least favorite, but this one, apparently, according to Twitter, according to the listeners of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., 
they like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier as much as they like WandaVision. Loki came in with, uh, I don't know, three or four votes and what if came in with one vote. So guys, I don't know, just take, it's early because not all the what if episodes are out there, but I was a little shocked about this poll. Chris, what do you think? Uh, well, my real quick math says, because I voted in this one, we have my one vote for what if and 14 people that are wrong. okay rob what do you think about these results other than 14 people being wrong i'll be the tiebreaker uh wandavision all right so how do we know that you didn't vote on this before though this is the first time and i don't do twitter yeah well we'll believe that at some point in time in the future in all seriousness though um falcon and the winter soldier i feel like really got hurt by covid and I mean, think what you want about the whole situation there, but it did and filming got hurt. So I would have, I would really love to see what they would have done with it without getting filming interrupted because I really love what if I also really love WandaVision Loki. I like Loki. It's like step one B for me, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'd give like an incomplete because I don't think it's what they were setting out to do. And I don't think it's what they could have done. I think a lot of it depends on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier for me, and I don't want to be Emily Van Camp centric, but it was a big and part of the ending to the show, right? I think it really depends on what happens with Agent 13. I think it is Sharon Carter. I think really depends on if that is really her and what her motivations really are and why she was doing that crap at the end, or if she's really a scroll. I think that if she's a scroll and there's this whole underlying uh, secret wars secret wars thing going on i mean that's a, an incredible lead up to it because isn't secret wars another series coming to disney plus not a it's not a movie it's a series right i think so i think it has to do with uh you know nick fury and sword and that sort yeah. of thing and yeah the whole thing so that was another thing that we've discussed on the podcast in the last few episodes rob is that because of what's going on with the box office debacles and everything. I think we're going to see more and more impactful things within the MCU happen and occur on Disney Plus, whether it's a series or a, a movie made for the streaming service or whatever. I think you're just going to get that. Will it all be there? No, I still have big box office movies, especially yeah. after COVID is over. But I think what we're seeing is for the continuation of the story, there is something to be said about having these series on Disney Plus and be able to be produced at a date and the time that they want. Whereas they couldn't do that before with any of the mediums that they had, be it ABC, believe it or not, ABC, it's part of the Disney family, but it's just when the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came out and how it had to be produced was way different than what you can do on a streaming service. And as for Hulu and everything else that they used for the free form with the Cloak and Dagger and with the uh, Runaways and with Netflix, with the Defenders, that totally out of their hands and they don't get any revenue from the majority of that and stuff and, and knowing with hulu disney owns the majority of it, but they don't own all of it so some of the money does not stay in their hands and there might be something to do with character rights and stuff like that they would they just after everything that's happened they don't want marvel characters being let out of their grasp so to speak anymore than it already has yeah they almost have it all back yeah they do i mean it all stems back to when Marvel Comics was starting to go bankrupt in the, in the 90s and 
I know a lot of people blame Stan Lee. I can't blame him too much because what he did enabled Marvel Comics to continue at least. Like if he would have just folded and we wouldn't have had Marvel Comics, then would we have actually had the MCU started in 2008? I don't think so. So, no. you know, I, I think in the end, even though a lot of people blamed him for what happened to Marvel, I think he did ultimately what was best for Marvel in the long term. But still, some character rights don't belong to Marvel and the Hulk solo movie stuff is, is one of the things there. All right. Well, that is it for feedback for the week. Matter of fact, that's it for everything. I think, guys, we need to get in our sports cars and we need to like not go anywhere. Just stay there. Just rev the engine. Just not drive anywhere. I'm okay with that. It's been a marathon episode, but Rob, thank you for coming in at the last moment and having some fun with us tonight. Not a problem. My pleasure. And if people want to hear more from you, can't believe I'm letting you do this again, but where would they find you? You can find, uh, find me on uh, creativebraincandy.com, specifically for smoking and drinking in space and smoking and drinking in capes. We release smoking and drinking in space Wednesdays and uh, every other wednesday and then capes is every other friday okay i look forward to those chris where can people find you son you can find me over on playcomics.com where maybe some of your favorite creators will come talk to me because i've had some surprising people agree to do that lately but you're gonna have to go check out the website to find out who i mean you are knocking it out of the park in my opinion oh you don't even know who i got today Oh no. Now I can't wait to get off the air. So until next time, when hopefully we will have more agents with us, I am director and producer of the show, SP. I'm consultant Chris. I'm consultant Rob. Ooh, finally got the consultant out. That's I read the show notes finally. We gave you a promotion during the show. I did, I did. Well, the big thing is you cannot get the promotion to agent without being told. We've had a couple of people make that faux pas and they've never been on the show again. Oh, well, you haven't kicked me off the show yet. Yeah. (laughs) See everybody until next time. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunnageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. I'm good. How are you guys? Doing all right. Good. Rob, thank you very much for joining us. Glad I could be here, I think. Well, um, I couldn't get anybody else. I figured that's why. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's a good thing Jason texted me because I didn't have Discord open all day at work. I was actually working. Weird thing. Wow. Oh, that sounds horrible. It was terrible. I had to work. And so he's like, text, he texts me, he goes, SP's been trying to get a hold of you. I'm like, oh.
I didn't have Discord open. I was trying to get a hold of you for like, I don't know, 15 minutes to an hour. It wasn't that big yeah, of a deal. It was like, it was like two two thirty, and then I responded back like an hour later. Yeah, it's it but, was no big deal. Yeah, I got late notification. Matter of fact, the fact that I got that early notification tonight was kind of a modern miracle. Lauren is suffering from heat stroke or heat exhaustion or something to do with heat. And uh, she said she couldn't go. So that's what's going on there. And I appreciate you coming on. Have you recorded your review of the first three episodes yet? We're not, uh, we're not reviewing those. Not at all? Not at well, not now. We might do it a little bit later. We got a little series burned because you know we did Loki, Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, all back to back. Yeah. So we we're a little uh, we were a little burned out. Plus we have Ten Rings coming out tomorrow. Yeah. 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 So I was like, eh, if we do it, it'll probably since they're only thirty minutes. More than likely, it'll be kind of one of those. We'll wait till it all finishes. And then do a whole shebang over the whole thing. So I'll say, yeah, I'll just save it for the show. I have my suspicions now. I'm good. How are you guys? Doing all right. Good. Rob, thank you very much for joining us. Glad I could be here, I think. Well, um, I couldn't get anybody else. I figured that's why. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's a good thing. Jason texted me because I didn't have Discord open all day at work. I was actually working. Weird thing. Wow. Oh, that sounds horrible. It was terrible. I had to work. And so he's like, text, he texts me, he goes, SP's been trying to get a hold of you. I'm like, oh, I didn't have Discord open. I was trying to get a hold of you for like, I don't know, 15 minutes to an hour. It wasn't that big yeah, of a deal. It was like, it was like two, two thirty, And then I responded back like an hour later. Yeah. It's, it but, was no big deal. Yeah, I got late notification. Matter of fact, the fact that I got that early notification tonight was kind of a modern miracle. Lauren is suffering from heat stroke or heat exhaustion or something to do with heat. And uh, she said she couldn't go. So that's what's going on there. And I appreciate you coming on. Have you recorded your review of the first three episodes yet? We're not, uh, we're not reviewing those. Not at all? Not at well, not now. We might do it a little bit later. We got a little series burned because you know we did Loki, Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, all back to back. Yeah. So we we're a little uh, we were a little burned out. Plus we have Ten Rings coming out tomorrow. Yeah. 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 So I was like, eh, if we do it, it'll probably since they're only thirty minutes. More than likely, it'll be kind of one of those. We'll wait till it all finishes. And then do a whole shebang over the whole thing. So I'll say, yeah, I'll just save it for the show. I have my suspicions now. You just want a wave file? Yeah, wave is good. All right, wave flack, whatever you can get me. I'll just do wave because it's all set up for Satis and Satic. So <laughs> sure, I have no. <laughs> I'm just glad to get some tracks. MP3 or 32 bit. Yeah, that'll work. What did I notice last week with your track, Chris? It's going through pretty fast. Oh, this is what I wanted to tell you. Nothing to do with you at all. Okay. So I went in and I pre-processed my track. 
Mm-hmm. And your track must have been selected as the solo as well. So I will port them into my DAW and then I will solo each track and process it and loop the process back in and replace the track out round tripping. That's what it's called. And when I was doing mine, I had inadvertently soloed yours. So I didn't understand this until I was listening to the front to pull out the outtakes. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was hearing two of you like back to back. And I was thinking, well, Chris screwed up his track again. Gosh, dang it. Oh man! And then I was like, wait a minute. That's on my track. What? It's on my track. So yeah, that's what happened is I had soloed you. And then I did the same thing with the other track that I do because I record both me and then all of you together. And it was double you on the all you together and it was slightly off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it did that either monstrous volume thing or the cancellation thing or the you say the same thing twice back to back thing. I was like, what is going yep. on? Yeah. And, and I figured that out. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't dig Chris about it anymore because I did it to him. Oh, at least it's an easy fix. It was. Oh, there we go. Knocked my knob over. So what are you guys covering on Sadic right now? Let's see. So WandaVision, the final, the final episode comes out on Friday. Yeah, it comes out this Friday because we didn't have a saddest one. So 789 comes out, which is also the first one that uh, Crowley wasn't involved with. Oh, okay. So I had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, there's a little extra stuff in there. Uh, uh. There's, I did my own limerick at his expense. <laughs> so we did that. And then next week we got 10 rings. And then we're covering the two suicide squads right after that. Okay. Jason on Sadis, we just did, uh, what was it? What was it? What was it? Oh, it was Reminiscence hmm. that just came out. Was it just the two of you or did you have somebody come? Yeah, it was just us two. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2021.